fire, fire. Um, we have been doing a series called The Light for the last several weeks. And before we get really rolling, it's good to see so many faces back. And we also want to take a moment. Can we give a round of applause for our online audience that are joining us? Thank you guys, we miss your faces and so many are coming back slowly but surely and it's great for community and camaraderie and I think we all have learned how much we need each other and we need human interaction in our lives. And, and we've been going over this series called The Light for several weeks and really we have did a biopic of Gideon's life. And to set the stage, if you are brand new and you did not get the previous episodes. Today you will get to binge watch uh, the story of Gideon. And basically we found Gideon in this obscure place. He was, he was in a wine vat or a wine press and he was threshing wheat in a wine press, which essentially their wine press was like a hole in the ground and he was scared of his enemy. And the point that we took away from that was that God has the ability to find you no matter where you are. And so many times in life, we feel like we're alone. We feel like no one notices us. Uh, we feel like even sometimes in our own relationship that we're alone, maybe in our own church, maybe at work, that even though we're around others, we feel unseen and sometimes unheard. And so God finds Gideon in the most obscure place, cowering before his enemies, and, and then the next step in his evolution, he says, you know, Gideon, if we're going to make some progress toward saving the nation and using you, he said, I'm going to put a calling on your life. And so as we begin to follow after God, God is going to put callings on our lives. And Gideon needed to take a step forwards if he was going to get to the light at the end of today's story. And so God reveals that he has this incredible plan for Gideon. Just like I want to tell you that God has an incredible plan for your life. God has an incredible plan for your life. Now, it may not be the one you thought was going to be the plan for your life, but I assure you, he has a plan for your life. And if you haven't discovered that plan for your life, I encourage you, listen attentively to today's message. And so he calls Gideon out of his weakness and Gideon's insecurity and his family's inferiority, and he calls him to leave some of the things of his past and to rebuild the faith of the former Israel nation. And so as he walks out of the area that he's in, God begins to reveal to him that this plan was bigger than he could possibly imagine. And that he was going to take this army of 32,000 and take on an army of half a million. Now, if you wanna just try to do the math there, I mean, 32,000 against 500,000, I don't know what that is a percentage base, but I mean, I just know that it's terrible. I know that your odds of winning aren't good. And then last week, oh, so good. God whittles down the army and he says, tell everybody that's scared, if they don't want to fight, they don't have to. And they, 22,000, Scaredy cats, 22,000 cowards. Like, like that's all we needed was just a, an opportunity to leave and they walk off. And then God 
whittles it. He says, I can't get glory with 10,000 against 500,000. I mean, I don't, what is that? I don't know. It's like 5% or 0.5 of a percent, whatever it is, it's low. And then all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to take your 10,000 and I'm going to reduce it to 300. 300 against 500,000 of the enemy. And God is like, now I can work. Now I can work. And so many times when God is reducing us, we feel like uh, trepidations. We feel fearful. And God is saying, no, I'm positioning you. I, I'm, I'm removing some things so that when I step forward and when you step towards the light, you're going to know I did that, that I saved, I delivered, I healed. I am going to do it so big that even the world will know I did that through your life. And so if you aren't dreaming that big, for your life, then you're missing out on God's best for you. So as we come to the finale of Gideon's story, that's where we were at last week. The army has now been reduced and this is what follows. It says that same night, so I'm down to 300, the Lord said to him, arise, go down to the camp for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, Go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. So let's check this verse real quick. God is saying, fear is okay. Fear, fear is part of the equation. And we're going to learn in just a moment when I read the rest of this, that faith and fear are dancing partners. And how do we interact with both of them at the same time and still end up at the light? So I want you to know that you're never, or there's going to be times when you step out on faith that it's not going to be the absence of fear that allows you to step out on faith. But we'll get to that in just a moment. He says, God said, if you're afraid, then we'll go down with your servant and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands shall be strengthened. Isn't, isn't it amazing that God knows exactly the word that you need on any given week. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Like, like you walk in here and you may have never been here. You haven't been here a long time. You're like, you pick this Sunday and you think the beauty of it is you think it's random. You think it's random that you walked in for this service at this time. And then like slowly but surely, as I start unwinding God's word for you, you're like, who told him? Did someone email him? Did someone text him? Did someone tell him I was in the parking? Like, did they troll my face? What, how is this happening, all right? And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows the word that you need. And so as we preach, we preach with confidence that God's word is gonna be translated to exactly what you need in this moment. And so here is Gideon. God says, if you are afraid, let's handle it. Let's handle it. So he gives him room to be human. Oh, I just love that. That God's not asking you to walk the tight wire. Like if there's a, there's a net down there. If you fall off, hey, we can get back on, which we'll learn in just a moment. So he goes down to the enemy's camp. It says the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people from the east were all down there. And look it, they were like locusts in abundance and their camels without number as the sand is on the seashore in abundance. What I love about God is like, he has this great sense of humor. 
He's like, Gideon, I know that when I met you, you were really insecure um, and you, you were kind of fearful and every step of the way you've been kind of insecure and kind of fearful and you were always asking me to affirm and confirm your calling that I gave you when I met you, when I found you, when I called you. And here is Gideon and God says, hey, if you're afraid, uh, let's just go down there. Let's take a walk. And, let, let, and then he shows him the army is like ants. They're like the, the hundreds of thousands. And Gideon knows he's got 300 back at camp. And if he gives one more call to leave, half of those are probably going home too. And so I, I just think it's hilarious on some level that God's like, okay, now you see the 500,000 that you're up against. I'm sure like Gideon's like, this is not making it better, God. Like I, I do not feel strangely encouraged by what you have shown me here. We're not done with the text, but, but I just want to say that faith and fear, they're dancing partners. And, and what you have to know is that, that God is not expecting you to take a step of faith without any fear. It's, it's how do the two work together so that you can have a little bit of fear and a little bit of faith. And as long as you're willing to step forward, God can work with that. I know that when I was a kid in Tulsa, we actually, you know, had four seasons. And um, during the wintertime, it would snow and everything would ice over. And as it would ice over, boys are dumb, all right? And all the men said, amen, right? There ain't a, there ain't a man that hasn't been dumb um, when you were young and some older. And so anyway, so you, the ice, it freezes over and, and all the kids are always like, oh, you think we can... You think, it'll, you think it'll hold us? You think it'll hold us? And this is what we do. I don't know why we do this. It's like we take our lives in our hands. And so we, we like always kind of inch out there. So like, this is universal way you get out on ice, okay? You just like inch, you just inch it out there. And to me, it's such a picture of Gideon's faith. He's willing to get out there, but it's not like he's like cannonballing out onto the ice. He's like, oh, a little bit of step, a little step. And I thought a couple of weeks ago, Peter's story, when he walked out on the water, we talked about taking a step towards the light, even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of the night, even in the midst of the storm, it always yields us being able to walk in this different realm. But we also remember in the story, and we'll put it up on the screen, that it says that as Peter was walking out there, he took his eyes off Jesus. And when he saw the strength of the wind that he began to sink. It says, immediately cried out, Lord, save me. Now, if everyone in here can't relate to that moment, have you ever done something dumb? And that's what you say, right? Like you, you, do, you instantly regret what you did and you're like, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I'll never drink again. Lord, save me. I mean, I don't know if I'm preaching to you, but I'm just saying, Lord, save me, and I'll always do the right thing in my money after this. It's like we say all these things as we do these dumb things. And so as here is Peter, and he begins to sink, and the Lord lifts him up. Look at this verse. It says, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he still had fear. And he had faith. And he had them both at the same time. But what torpedoed the ship? Doubt. Doubt. You can have fear 
and you can have faith, but you know what you can't have? Doubt. You know what James says? James says that the reason why people pray and then they don't have is because they pray, but they're still doubting. They, they lack fundamental faith. And that a double-minded man is like a wave in the sea tossed to and fro. They're unstable in all that they do. So at some juncture, we have to lock in. And even though we might be trepidation, fearful of taking that step out there with God, we got to keep going forward. That fear and faith can dance together and we can keep moving towards the light. Gideon is scared out of his mind. He says, if you're scared, come down here. He goes down here. What does that tell you? He's scared, but he's still stepping forward. I, I want you to see it, that fear and faith can exist, but you've still got to step forward. And I don't know what that step is for you this morning as we walk towards the light, as we get to the end of Gideon's story, but I promise you that if you start doubting and you start looking at the waves, I think what happens is that, that we don't realize that God is bigger than the situation that we're in, and we're gonna see that in spades in just a moment. So it says in Judges 7, we'll keep going, when Gideon came, so he walks down to the enemy's camp, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. Now, this is the ESV version, and I like it a lot because they use this word comrade, which when you hear the word comrade, is there certain like nationality that comes to your mind? Like, like I think Russian. Does anybody else think Russian? Like, I instantly translate this. This is Drago. We're in Rocky Four. Gideon is Rocky taking on the Russian. And he's like, I must break you. Go for it. You know, and I'm just like, yes. And so now Gideon is Rocky. And we know Rocky is ultimately going to win. And so here he is walking down to the enemy's camp. And he hears this man telling a dream to his comrade. And he says, behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp. And as it came into the camp, it struck it so that it fell and turned upside down so that it fell flat. And his comrade answered, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. God has given his, us into his hand, Midian and all the camp. And as soon as Gideon heard this, what did he do? He worshiped and he went back up and he said, hey guys, we got this. Point number two, your purpose will position you, okay? Your purpose will position you. God has given uh, Gideon this purpose and now he's positioned him to hear what the enemy is saying. And folks, I've learned a phrase a long time ago, and it is favor isn't fair, okay? We're all gonna say it on three. One, two, three, favor isn't, you can do better than that. One, two, three, favor isn't fair. It's not fair, it's not fair. Like Gideon goes down to the enemy's camp, and this guy has had a dream. Now, I want you to just unlock, unravel the randomness of this moment, okay? He's like sneaking down there. He sees like all, like thousands of his enemy, hundreds of thousands. He's like, okay, 
And God's like, this is gonna, when it's all said and done, you're gonna feel better about this. He's like, I'm not feeling better about this yet, okay? And he's like, he hears this guy tell this dream. Now, you have to put yourself in Gideon's shoes. This guy starts talking about, I'm gonna call it a chocolate lava cake, okay? And I got a picture for you. So you can just, like, okay, it's a chocolate lava cake. Chocolate lava cake came rolling down this hill. And it hit Barnum and Bailey's circus tent pole. It flipped upside down and fell flat. Now, if I'm Gideon, okay, you know the end because I already read it to you. But like, if I'm Gideon at this juncture, I'm like, still not feeling it. Still, still not feeling a chocolate lava cake come down the hill. It's not feeling better. And then this enemy gives the interpretation of a dream that God put in his head. And it was, this is none other than the sword of Gideon. We're all gonna die. Now, what I want you to see in this is like, if you, if I told you I had a dream that a chocolate lava cake rolled down a hill and knocked my house down, would you ever come to the conclusion, it must be Gideon. There's, there's no way you come to that, right? You can't come to that. That's, that's insane. And so God gave me some insight on that about favor. Like we are fighting an unfair battle. That as small as we feel when we compare ourselves to our enemies is as small as they feel when they compare themselves to the size of our God who's standing behind it. You see what I'm saying? God had already put the image of defeat in the enemy's mind before Gideon ever walked in to the camp. You're sitting there trying to figure out how you're gonna fight against this incredible enemy and what you don't know is that God has already gone before you. He's already put it in your enemy's head. And we know once you lose the battle between the ears, the, the battle on the field, it's already decided. Here is Gideon positioned at just the right place to hear just the right word. And what was his response? He worshiped. Have you noticed this pattern with Gideon? If you've been with us all seven weeks, I'll give you a refresher. God meets Gideon and after he calls him, the Bible says that he wanted to confirm his calling with an offering. He went and got a goat. He sacrificed it to God. They had a communion opportunity there and he worshiped. So he worshiped in the beginning. He gave him the first mission. Now you have to tear down your father's idol. Whew. Whew. Everybody was raised with some idol that you have to tear. If you're gonna follow after, if you're gonna get to the light, you're gonna have to tear some things down. His first mission, tear down the altar, cut it up into pieces, and then build a proper altar and worship upon that. He worshiped in the beginning, he worshiped at the middle, and then walked down to the enemy's camp. And I'm gonna show you something, you're gonna hear something, and it's gonna confirm everything that you have stepped towards every moment from when I found you in the wine press, the hole in the ground, to when you tore down the altar, to where you blew the trumpet, you gathered your family, then I 
cut down your army, 32,000, all the way down to 300. And now I've given the enemy a dream. And it says, as he heard the enemy's dream, he worshiped. The confidence that he had not had all the way up until this moment was given to him when he heard the enemy's dream. And he walks back into camp with swagger. I mean, swagger now. And he tells the guys, hey, we got this. Tomorrow we're going down. It's already decided. It's already won. I already heard the dream of the enemy. They know we're coming and they've already quit. Man, I hope today that someone needs to hear this. That God, if you will follow him and step towards the light, he will position you. He will just trust. I know you got fear, but if you'll dance with faith and not doubt, trust that he's gonna position you and he's gonna give you the exact word you need to strengthen you, to give you confidence, to give you surety, to give you stability. Next we see they head down to war. It says that Gideon divided the 300 men into three companies and he put the trumpets in their hands. Do y'all remember last week we finished up? It said that as the, as the 10,000 walked off, the 9,700 of the 10,000, they gave Gideon one present. It was like, hey, here's our trumpets. It's like, what are we going to do with your trumpet? 500,000 guys trying to kill us, and you're giving us a trumpet. I want a tank. I want a machine gun. I want a submarine with nuclear arms. I mean, a trumpet. But here comes the trumpet. It says that they divided into 300, into three companies, so 100 men companies. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Man, what a leadership 101 moment. You can't lead people. If they can't follow an example, if you're not willing to stand, if you're not willing to suffer, if you're not willing to walk when it's hard, then how are they ever gonna follow? No, you gotta stand when it comes time to stand. You gotta be counted when it comes time to be counted. Gideon tells his men, we're gonna have a torch, which is the light. We've been walking last five weeks in Gideon's light just to try to get to this light. And it's a torch. And he said, we're going to put a clay pot on top of it. And when we get out there, my hundred men are going to go first. And when you see what I do, you follow the example. We are going to break these clay pots, smash. And the light is going to shine into the darkness. And then we are going to blow the trumpets. And we are going to say, for the Lord and for Gideon. And I thought to myself, huh, What? Here is this guy that said, I can't do anything, God. I'm too weak. I'm too small. My family, they don't have the name. They don't have the credentials. They don't have the education. And now all of a sudden, all those excuses have evaporated. And these 300 are following Gideon into improbable, almost, dare I say, impossible odds. But yet they're going with confidence and they go out there and they smash the clay pots. The light begins to shine. They blow the trumpets. And as they blow the trumpets, the enemy is thrown into confusion. They turn on themselves. Gideon routes them all. He wins the day and doesn't lose one casualty along the way. We got to break the pots in order to get to the light. Now this, oh, this is where it's going to get hard. For about five minutes, it's gonna get real hard. So you've enjoyed the sermon up until this point. You're probably not gonna enjoy this part. 
We've been trying to get towards this light for so long, and here is this moment for Gideon. What is the symbolic representation for us? The Bible says that when Jesus is inside of us, that's the light of the world that's inside of us. What's the clay pot? It's us. What has to be smashed in order for the light to shine out? It's us. The Bible says that we have to mortify our flesh. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow after me. Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, I actually have to beat up my body to bring it into subjection because it's wild. It wants to get out of control. It wants to go places that I shouldn't go. It wants to do things that I shouldn't do. And if I don't tame it, it will overtake me. And so if we are going to get to the light, we got one last step, one last step, and then we can see the light shine. We can see enemies overcome. We can get to places and break through that we've never thought possible. That divine plan that he has for your life, there's only one step left. Are you willing to lose? You. Are you willing to say, God, I want you so bad that, that I put it all on the altar, my heart, my soul, my everything on the, do with it, God, what you want. It's no longer about my name. It's not about my fame. It's about one name. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that that name is going to one day be above every name and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are going to worship at the end. I just think we should worship at the beginning and then when we take a step and he confirms it and affirms it again, we worship. And then when we take a step and he confirms it and affirms it again, then we Give him worship every step of the way. If we don't learn to worship, we will never get to the light. But I promise you, I promise you when you lose and your family starts winning and your marriage starts winning and your parenting starts winning and your purpose comes back to you in your profession that has left you long ago, when you go to work miserable every week because you think you're working for a man or you think you're working for money, no, you're working for the king who has positioned you for a purpose. If you see it that way, you have, per you have joy when you get up in the morning because God is going before you and you're gonna step towards the light. And what he's gonna do, when you break yourself and you let that light shine out, I'm telling you there's victory that is available to you that is gonna blow your mind. Where we started and where we ended, look at what Gideon did. You have no excuse, no excuse. You say, Tim, I don't know, I don't know. I know you don't know. Gideon didn't know any step of the way, but he took a step, didn't he? He took a step. All we're doing is inviting you to take a step towards the light. By faith, you step out on the ice and you trust that God is going to get you there. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that God, you would allow all of us today, Lord, to take a step. For the families that just walked in here, oh, it's not on accident. He's positioned you on purpose to hear this message today that your family needs to take a step towards the light. 
the marriage that's, that's teetering on the edge, it's been broken for a long time. Oh, God is saying you need to take a step. You know your kids are beginning to waffle and they're beginning to wander out there into dark places and you really don't know how to rein it back in. What if I told you today, step towards the light? That you just need to be the best picture of Jesus that you can be so that they can have a light to come back home to. Oh, today, take a step. We're gonna give you one more opportunity to worship today. If my heart was lonely and broken or full of darkness or despair or depression or doubt, I say I get the fear, but let's take one step of faith and I guarantee you God will meet you right where you're sitting. Let's stand, let's put our hands together and let's worship 